0: I-V-M.
1: Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashtin, doctor, your Habit Coach. And today is a very, very exciting day for me. I have been eagerly waiting for this for a really long time. And I'm so excited to share one of my heroes. I'm a big, big fan. And this is a fanboy moment for me to be recording this podcast because I've consumed a lot of his content and implemented a lot of the things that he mentions. So today with us, we have Dr. Martini. And we're going to be dwelling into this whole understanding about how do we overcome stagnation? How do we get ourselves to start moving and start going on from there to achieve the goals that we have created for ourselves? So Dr. Martini, welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Doctor Dimartini. You've been doing this for so many years. You've helped hundreds of thousands of people around the world, right? How do people just start this process of you know improving themselves or achieving their goals or getting on point on that path?
0: Well, every human being, regardless of gender spectrum, culture, age, lives moment by moment by a set of priorities a set of values, things that are most to least important. And this set of values, this value structure or hierarchy of values, is fingerprint specific. No human being has the same set. And therefore, the hierarchy of one's values dictates one's destiny. Tell me what you value most, I'll tell you where you're headed. Every decision you make, every perception you make, every action you take is based on those value structures whatever's highest on your values, you're spontaneously and intrinsically called into action to fulfill. You require no extrinsic motivation to get you to do that. But as you go down the list of values, you progressively require more and more external motivation, reward if you do it, punishment if you don't, in order to continue doing it. As a result of that, if you set a goal that is aligned and congruent with what you value most, the highest priority, you increase the probability of achievement and you decrease the distractions and resistance and frustrations and procrastinations and hesitations of achievement. If you don't fill your day with high-priority actions that inspire you, your day fills up with low-priority distractions that don't. And the low-priority distractions are feedback mechanisms to let you know you're not living authentically according to what's most important to you. And the highest value has been shown for centuries, since the time of Aristotle even before, to have your identity, your ontological identity revolves around what you value most. Your teleological purpose revolves around what you value most. Your epistemological pursuit of knowledge revolves around what you value most. So in order to excel, it's to first identify what's really, truly, intrinsically important to you Based on what your life demonstrates, many people, many people do not know what they are intrinsically driven to do. And they, in a sense, uh, lie to themselves about what's important. Can I give an example? Sure, please. I was standing in a conference, about 5,000 people, and I asked, how many of you would love to be financially independent? And every hand went up. Some had two hands up. Some had their foot up. And I, uh, I said, great. And I made everybody look and see that it was 99 to 100% of the room. And then I said, how many of you are financially independent where your passive income exceeds your active income? You don't work because you have to, you work only because you love to. And all the hands went down, but seven people in the entire room. So these are young entrepreneurs hoping someday to get there. A few that had been more adept in mastering it. And I said, isn't it interesting that, of the room has their hand up, but only seven, which is less than 1%, actually are obtaining it. Why do so many people have a statement about what they want, but they don't act on it? And so most people don't really know what they're intrinsically driven to do. They have injected values of outer authorities that they're admiring, filtering and clouding the clarity of their own mission in life. And then they go out and wonder why. They can't stay focused. Why do I sabotage? They think there's limiting beliefs. I can't, uh, I'm not disciplined. And then they self-depreciate themselves, comparing themselves to other people that they fantasize they're going to be like. We're not here to be second at being somebody else. We're here to be first at being ourselves. And so that's why I think identifying what your hierarchy of values are first and looking at what your life truly demonstrates, not what you think it is, is the first step. That's why on my website, drdmartine.com, I have a free private value determination process. I've been working with people on values for 44 years almost. And it's an objective way of looking at what you are demonstrating important, what your life shows, not what you fantasize. Because if you set goals that are fantasies and not true objectives that are congruent with what you value most, you'll end up frustrating yourself. It's sort of an unrealistic expectation that is self-defeating. So I'm not interested in your fantasies. I'm interested in what your life demonstrates. I'm interested in what your, how you fill your space, how you spend your time, what really truly energizes you. Where is your money really going and flowing? What is it you're very organized and ordered about? What are you truly disciplined by? What is it you think, visualize, and internally dialogue with yourself about about how you would love your life that is actually showing evidence of coming true? What do you keep bringing conversations to when you're in social settings? What inspires you and brings tears to your eyes? What is it that you've had as a goal that you've been relentless and disciplined to pursue without distraction? And what is it you spontaneously want to learn and listen to and watch on YouTube? There's indicators that really indicate what you're really committed to. Now I' found that anytime you're doing something that's truly highest on your value, your self-worth goes up, your space and time horizons expand, your strategic planning expands, your inspired vision becomes clear, you're spontaneously act, and you end up self-governing your impulses and instincts, which are the distractions that keep you away from your mission. And in that state, you build incremental momentum towards ever greater achievements. Wake up your leader, gain confidence and exemplify what's possible as a human being who's living authentically according to what they value most. So that's the first step, in my opinion, to start the journey to break through the ceilings, to break through the the belief systems that you think are limiting, because you're designed automatically when you're trying to be somebody you're not, to have challenges and entropy to let you know you're not being authentic. Every physiological symptom, every psychological symptom, every sociological feedback, even the tragedies and comedies of life are all feedback mechanisms to get you to pursue what's truly authentic to you and not somebody else's. And that's what life is about. When you realize that, you realize that everything that's going on is on the way, not in the way of your life. And then you start building momentum towards a great achievement instead of banging your head against the wall with fantasies that lead to unexpected distractions and nightmares.
1: You know, that's so beautiful because we're already living the value systems that we have in our mind. We're gonna take a quick break. See you on the other side. Welcome back. All right, let's jump into the conversation. Now, the value systems bring us to the life that we currently have, right? Are there values that we know or have, but we don't actually act upon? Are those the hidden values that actually will take us to that next level, the next leap?
0: The, the things that are lower on your values, you procrastinate, hesitate, and frustrate about. I have a very high value on teaching. A second highest value is researching and writing. And The third one is traveling. Now, I teach every single day, seven days a week. I research and write if I'm not teaching. I have specialists that take care of the travel, specialists to take care of cooking, specialists to take care of everything else. I only teach research and write. I don't do anything else. I'm literally delegated everything. If you don't fill your day with the highest priority things and delegate all lower priority things, don't ever expect an inspired life, one that is unstoppable. Because as long as you're doing lower priority things, you devalue yourself. As long as you do, you scatter yourself. You dissipate the energy. You have entropy. You age. You get frustrated. Mastery of life is to find out what this value structure is, to live by the highest priority, which is the one thing, as Gary Keller says, that you become greatest at. Build incremental momentum and, and a brand around that. Delegate everything else to specialists who would love to do those things that you want to release. And surround yourself with people that are greater at it than you would be. And free yourself up to get on with the one thing that you want to commit your life to and then you become unstoppable so i delegate everything i don't do anything else I don't do administrative work i don't i haven't driven a car in 32 years i don't do anything that other than teach research and write and that allows me to on a daily basis to to grow in my learning to be undistracted and to be able to focus on how i want to make sure i have deliverable information that profoundly impacts people And whatever that is, knowing thyself, being thyself is a way to loving yourself. And so an entrepreneur who's going down the path, at first, they may be wobbly about who they are and what they're committed to and what the market needs and everything else. But the very thing that is most important is to find the thing that you are absolutely inspired to do and then you find out what's highest in the values of the people you want to share that with. Because if you can do that... In an equitable, sustainable, fair exchange manner, you will be unstoppable. You will automatically be prosperous.
1: Wow. Your values versus the values of your customers, if you can create that connection, that is the goal. That is the way to do it.
0: And it's not just the customer. Customer centrism uh, is important, but so is employee centrism, shareholder centrism, family centrism. The more variables of people's values that you can meet equitably, the more fulfilled your life becomes. Schopenhauer says that we become our true self to the degree that we make everybody else ourself. So, if we are self righteous and puffed up looking down on somebody, we'll project carelessly our values onto them and they will not be fulfilled and they will then withdraw. And our pride will eventually be humbled to get back into authenticity, equal. And if we minimize ourselves because we've exaggerated them, we'll eventually say, I deserve better than this, and we'll lift ourselves back up to get back in equilibrium and cut them down. Nature is attempting equanimity within yourself and equity between all people. And so if you're country, customer-centric but not employee-centric, and if you're not thinking of your shareholders, they'll eventually revolt by not buying shares. If you don't think about your family, there'll be a divorce and they'll take half your fortune. They'll eventually create a union to get you back into centric world their fortune, which you thought was yours, it's really their fortune already. But if you don't maintain equanimity within yourself, which is authenticity and equity between all the people who are involved in your your life, anybody that's not will create a symptom to give you feedback until it's back into balance. And business is a magnificent feedback system guiding you to the most authentic, most inspired, and most highest priority, most productive state of consciousness. That's what its purpose is. Beautiful. Business is so important.
1: Because I come from a business family. So we are entrepreneurs and started our own businesses. So entrepreneurship is something that we do here. And, you know, there's a, there's a part of me that believes that everybody should at least start thinking like an entrepreneur, right? Whether you have your own business or you're working in a company, you should at least start thinking like an entrepreneur and the principles because the biggest business is you, right? So what are some qualities of entrepreneurship that you think that everyone should probably start incorporating into their own lives? that they can start, you know, leveling up because of that?
0: Well, if an entrepreneur is going to hire a specialist, they're going to be either somebody working for you and they can be an entrepreneur working within your organization or they're going to be an employee. If they're an employee and they become entrepreneurs, they're going to spin off their own businesses. So nature forces a balance to create a social structure, to fulfill social contracts to have a blend of the entrepreneur and the person that works for the entrepreneur. So that's an essential component. You're going to hire people to do things, and if they're all entrepreneurs, there's nobody to hire. So nature forces uh, a social structure. (laughs) The entrepreneur usually has a history of being challenged in life and having more accountabilities in life, and they became precociously independent enough to have the courage to walk an individual hero's path. Where the entrepreneur or the employee that lives more for security were usually overprotected and secured and taken care of, and they're used to more of an entitlement path. So there's sort of like a capitalist and socialist uh, hierarchy within society, uh, essential for the society and social structure. It's a testosterone and estrogen expression leading to an androgyny between the one and the many. The one entrepreneur that's got a testosterone drive that takes a risk, and the many. Graded systems down into the estrogen at once, security and safety. And this one's essential too for the company because it's procreative and it's involved in creating children and things of this nature. And it depends on the entrepreneurial spirit. So, nature automatically puts those into equanimity. And the real entrepreneur understands the essentialness of that androgyny. All companies strive for an androgynous expression of the male and female, what was called male and female, now with gender. Terminologies, it's it's a spectrum, but but the, both that that androgyny is essential for maximizing performance. Challenge and support the procreative and the creative, you know, productive. Both of these are necessary in the in the game. And the one that focuses independently, independent thinker, and the one that thinks of the collective. You need that. That's why the leader ends up having teams, which is part of the collectives and a larger collective of countercultural systems allow the company to have the creativity. It needs the challenge and the support in balance to know to have creativity. So it's not like everybody can be an entrepreneur. <laughs> there has to be people working for the entrepreneur. Otherwise, the entrepreneur has nothing to build. And there has to be people buying that who are consumers in order to have that entrepreneurship. And so their values can't be entrepreneurship. It has to be consumption and uh, security. So that nature has a way of putting a beautiful blend of these things together in order to make a social structure stable. Interesting.
1: Okay. So I had never thought about it that way. I always thought about it as, you know, there are certain qualities of entrepreneurship, like, for example, being accountable, like the buck stops at you, you know, those aspects of it that if we start in, incorporating into our lives, not necessarily just our professional lives, but even like the way that we have, a, the way that we are with our families, those are beneficial qualities to have. That was probably part of my value system that I'm putting out across to people as well.
0: Well, that's true. All of those are valuable unquestionably, but some people will have that their highest value is not business. You know, I've been studying values for 44 years and the world has a complete spectrum of values all the way from similars to complete opposites. And what one person wants to build, another person wants to destroy. And that's the way it's designed. And it must have that to remodel society, to adapt to a changing world. And because of that, there are some people dedicated their lives to full and political objectives. Some people are dedicated to intellectual educational objectives. Some are dedicated to raising beautiful families. Some are dedicated to health and fitness. Some are spiritual and existential pursuits. And some are, you know, the business. And some are purely financial wealth. And everybody's needed. And you'll have all of those. And when you're building a company, you're going to require. An asset allocation and a job allocation to all of those variations in order to create an androgynous, viable company. You can't have everybody being the CEO. It's like too many cooks in the kitchen. So you, you need a variety of those things to make the company grow. And the the master of entrepreneurship is the one that has enough flexibility and adaptability and resilience to understand how to manage those pairs of opposites, those contracultures. And not infatuate with one and resent the other. Because anytime you infatuate with something, it occupies space and time in your mind and runs you. And you're extrinsically driven, not internally called. And anytime you resent something, it occupies space and time of your mind. And again, extrinsically driven, not internally called. So the master entrepreneur has to be able to manage paradoxes. All leaders have to manage paradoxes and complementary opposites and countercultural systems in order to master the business development. Bezos did a good example. Bezos was customer-centric, like Sony, right? And, and he mentions this in one of his little videos. But then he found out that his, the Teamsters were hired by all the employees because they were not giving enough equanimity and equity between the, the employees. So then they got a union to come in and balance out the slight un, unfairness. They brought it back into balance. So now he's customer-centric and employee-centric. But what happens is when that occurred, the profit margins went down a bit, and then the stockholders are now going, well, wait a minute now, we want the maximum profit. Now we're ending up with more cost. And so he has to find a way of educating them and communicating in a value to them. So it's a constant system of everybody who's involved. Then the government comes in and says, well, there's thousands of business that are being taken out, and this is becoming a monopoly. You have to make sure you think of the entire culture and all the jobs. Otherwise, you're going to end up being an antitrust suit, as Microsoft went to. So, nature forces you to expand your awareness of everybody who's involved, directly or indirectly, in the company, and to care enough about humanity to figure out what their values are and try to meet those needs. And to the degree that you do, you become unstoppable in growth and company. Wow!
1: Beautiful, beautiful, Dr. Di Martini. How can people, you know, learn more about what you're doing? Come for some of your programs. What are the various things that you're doing? Can you just tell that to the listeners?
0: The easiest way to do it is just simply go to drdmartini.com. Dr. D R Dr. D Martini, D-E-M-A-R-T-I-N-I dot com. And on that website is the value determination process that's complimentary, private, and also thousands of interviews, radio, television, newspaper, magazines, articles, podcasts, et cetera, and educational materials and live webinars and seminars and YouTube videos, and you name it. And it's an educational one. And what's interesting is you probably could not keep up with it because we're producing it more than you're probably going to watch it. So you're going to have to believe in maybe reincarnation and come back multiple lives to get to finish it all.
1: <laughs> you are truly an inspiration when it comes to that. I remember when you were t- uh, listening to you in your book, the audiobook that I was mentioning earlier, and you were saying that you, you do a workshop a day, right? 365 workshops a, a, a year. And that was mind-blowing. I was like, wow, where do you find the energy? And, and while talking to you, I realized it's not about the energy. It's about being so inspired that the energy just, just flows, right? You're just doing these three things. And that's where it comes from.
0: Energy is infinite once you recognize its source. And your vitality in life is directly proportionate to the vividness of your vision. And your vision becomes crystal clear to the degree of your congruency with what is truly valuable to you in your life. So there's no lack of energy to anybody. And because if you're living by your highest value, you don't live to eat, you eat to live. You eat to perform, to fulfill your mission. But if you're not filling your highest today and you're unfulfilled, you're going to fill your body with food and you'll be living for food and living to consume, buy things, other people's brands that are overpriced. And you'll be addicted because the amygdala is, a, is an addiction, a desire center. And you'll be caught in a hedonistic pursuit of immediate gratification instead of a long-term vision of service and contribution.
1: Insane. Brilliant. I think that's a fantastic place for us to end this podcast. Dr. D. Martini. thank you so much for coming on the Habit Coach Podcast. It's truly been a pleasure.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I was looking forward to it. And I now get to understand why my intuition said, I can't wait. Yay. Thank you so much. All right. So that was Dr.
1: D. Martini. And we were talking about understanding how our values create the life that we want from our future. Now, in the second episode, we're going to understand where's a source of energy comes from. How do we manage our time? And other very, very fascinating things. So please make sure you listen to the second episode. That'll be out in another couple of days. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM Network. You can listen to us on the IVM Podcast app or IVMPodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Ashdin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can find lots more information on my website awesome180.com or check out different content on my YouTube channel. Call A-W-E-S-O-M-E 180. That's awesome 180.